welcome to the Retro Blood. Can you believe this? It's Christmas Eve, and we got orders to bring in Santa Claus. Cindy, if uh, you don't go back to bed, Santa won't come. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Retro Blood, and we are deep into the holiday spirit. We are filling the holidays here on the Retro Blood because we're going deep. We're going very deep. We're going blood beat deep here in the holiday season. Bring out your your dark beers. Bring out your Christmas cookies because we got a doozy here for you guys today. What's going on, Jay Allison? How is your holiday spirit going so far? What's up, man? Holiday is great. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this before, but uh, Christmas time, Christmas is one of my favorite times of the year. It, it gets starts to get cold. There's all kinds of dark beer and ciders to drink, and there's all kinds of cool Christmas liquor drinks to make and food to eat that I don't normally eat the other times of the year and, and all, all kinds of cool horror movies to watch just like this one just like blood beat the blood beat brother it's gonna be pretty wild this, this is so good <laughs> this is a very interesting movie and we'll get into it here uh here in a little <laughs> bit but we have a lot of uh presents to unwrap here on the retro blood what they what i'm guessing might be a mixed review on this uh blood beat movie um but let's get into <laughs> our let's get into our first present here on the retro blood we have a, a gift that keeps on giving the metal scene during March 18th, 1983, which was the release date of Blood Beat. And this film actually got released in Wisconsin as well. We'll be talking about that. But the only thing I can kind of find during the metal scene during this time around March 19, 18, March 18th, 1983, was a metal band called Quiet Riot. A little Absolutely. band called Quiet Riot. Quiet Riot. Are you very familiar with Quiet Riot? I, I am, yeah. I am, I'm actually quite familiar with Quiet Riot, to be honest with you. Are you a big fan of them? No. I'm not a huge fan, but um, but I am familiar with them. I remember um, during this time, their uh, Metal Health album, I believe that's what it was called, Metal yes. Health. Yeah, Metal Health was everywhere. Yes. Like, it was everywhere like it was on top 40 radio like you turn on the radio and you heard come on feel the noise you got it because mental health is the album we're talking about because this got released march 11th 1983 so seven days before this masterpiece of blood beat uh blood beat got released we can be listening to some quiet riot and they were just like they're everywhere man you talk about mtv on there you talk about music videos on the radio and stuff they were everywhere and of course, you had the song "Bang Your Head," was also a big mm-hmm. hit during this time as well. Yep, Metal Health will drive you mad. 
So we'll probably be playing a little bit of The Quiet Riot. Maybe I'll post some stuff on the Facebook group. By the way, everybody, join the Facebook group, Retro Blood, where we get extras from the show. Um, you get some extras from not only the show, um, some extra you know, footage and stuff. We talk all about horror on there, too. So everybody join the Retro Blood to get a little extra from our show here, too. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not too familiar with Quiet Riot. Um, uh, like I said, some of their stuff is not too bad. Um, but, you know, I could see, I could see, like, you know, getting into this track around March, around this time. Uh, another thing, too, uh, when we transition into the wrestling side of March 18, 1983, this was uh, a fun, a fun fact I found about this date was this is the, the birth date of one EC3 was born on this date, 19. Oh. Yeah, March 18, 1983, that's when EC, EC3 was born. So, of course, EC, oh, interesting. Yeah, of course, EC3, very, uh, synonymous with TNA Impact. Um, he did a little stinking Ring of Honor as well, too, plus NXT as well. So very interesting that he was bl- born on the Bloodbeat release date. So that's very fun. On the, yeah, exactly. So, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was hold on. I was going to say about Quiet Riot. I was going to say that so Quiet Riot, basically, uh, Randy Rhodes was in Quiet Riot before he was in Ozzy Osbourne's band. Um, and that's how they, they got kind of big originally was that Randy Rhodes played guitar for them and then he left to join uh Ozzy Osbourne's band but he was long in fact Randy Rhodes was dead by the time that uh that that Quiet Riot got big so like he doesn't play on this album and I think he'd already passed away by this point I gotcha so a little fun fact over there about the Quiet Riot but um going back into the wrestling we actually had a uh two WWF house show events that happened at the same time on the release date of this film, March 18th, 1983. So, this is like during the era where WWF is running like a ton of different house shows. And what they would do is they would split up the crews. Like we'd have like one mid-level crew and we have like one top-level crew. Most of the time, like not during this particular era, but most of the time that um, we did, we had like one top crew and one bottom crew. The top crew would be like the crew that's like led by Hulk Hogan. You know what I mean? The top mm-hmm. crew would be re- re- um, led by the, the champion at the time. And the bottom crew would usually have, like, the Intercontinental Champion on it. Or it would have, like, one of the champions, like the Tag Team Champion. Or whoever was, like, maybe, like, the the second-tier top person. They kind of, like, run both house shows. Uh, but usually the, the house shows that had, like, Hulk Hogan on it was the house shows that everybody wanted to be on. Because you would make more money. Yes. So the house shows that we have at this time, we have one of them... In uh, Burlington, uh, Connecticut, March 18, 1983, we have Sonny Boy Hayes and Poncho Boy. They defeated Tiger Jackson and Buck Cassidy. Do you have any uh, great Buck Cassidy stories? I don't even know who these people are. Um, I've never heard of any of these wrestlers, I don't believe. And I think what, I, is, did I say Butt Cassidy? Is this I, the man, A show Butch or Cassidy. the B show? This had to be like the B show. No, actually, this might have been the A show. Because the main <laughs> event was like fucking on this thing. Right. Yeah, I have yeah, no I idea know. who no, Sonny no, Boy Hayes is. You don't, you don't have any good Poncho Boy stories? <laughs> no. no, I have no Poncho. No good, no good Poncho Boy stories. What about our boy Tiger Jackson? All right. I don't. Who, what a great name. Tiger Jackson? That's know. a great name, though. You're yes. right. That is a great name. We have Tony Gurria. He defeated Johnny Rods. Of course, Tony Daria, okay. he was a good trainer after he became a, uh, after he was done with professional wrestling. I remember him being a pretty good trainer afterwards. Yes. And so was Johnny Rods. Johnny Rods oh. trained the uh, Dudley Boys. Yes. 
So pretty, probably a pretty good match. That one would be at this house show. So we have Sweetie Hansen. He defeated Frank Williams. So this is this had to be like the era of WWF that I just almost have no idea <laughs> yeah. who these guys that, are. Yeah. So I, I guess maybe you know these are probably just like journeymen from different ter- territories. But I do know I do know this next match is probably a pretty good one. We had Big John Stud. He defeated Jules Strongbow. So, of course, Big John Studd was at the first WrestleMania. He did that body slam match yeah. with Andre the Giant. Um, he's actually a very he agile big guy for his time as well, too. Yeah, he was definitely a top top guy for sure. You know what I mean? He was definitely a definitely a main eventer, at least in some around this era. So, it's weird that he would be – well, I mean, he's probably in the middle of the show, I guess, at this point. Yeah, he's this like the pro- second maybe- for main. Oh, okay, so this is there's only a few matches in this. Okay, I see. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so he's he's in the spot where I would expect him to be. All right. And then the main event of this house show in 1983, talk about a main event there ever was one. We have the WWF World Champion Bob Backlund. He defeated in a very rare uh, champion versus champion match the WWF Intercontinental Champion Don Morocco. So. That definitely, you know, Bob Backlund was pretty big during his time. Now he, he wasn't as big as Bruno Sammartino was before he got the title, but Bob Backlund was kind of like the, the middle guy. He was pretty much like the middle champion before Hulk Hogan came along. Like he was like the good old yes. boy. He was like the All American champion, very good amateur wrestler. You know, we didn't really see like the the psycho Bob uh, happen until the nineties. But this WWF champion Bob Backlund's time was kind of like the uh, the All American boy during this time. Yeah, he was like he was a white meat baby face for sh- if there ever was one. Yes, at this time. And but th- but we got to remind people though what what era we're looking at here. So this is March of 1984. 83. And Hogan won. 80, excuse me, 83. So yeah. Hogan won the title in November of 83, right, or in December or something like that. Yeah, some later on. From from the Iron Sheik, so yeah, so Bachwinkle was carrying the title, and then he drops it to the Sheik because the Sheik would job to Hulk Hogan, who was just coming into the WWF. So this is like pre Hulk Hogan that we're talking about here. This is so this is back in the day, you know. So so this is probably the A show, I would guess. Yeah, this had to be the A show, especially if you have the Intercontinental title and the World Champion on it. Yeah, surely this is the A show. Um. So, I mean, that's probably pretty good for its time, you know, for what, you know, what WWF was doing. Yeah, I would say it's probably a pretty good, pretty good match. Uh, the second house show that we had that's on this date was in Ohio at the St. John's Arena. Uh, we have Joe Estrada. He pinned Bill Dixon. You have any good Bill Dixon mm-hmm. stories? I, I don't. <laughs> I'm sorry. Our boy Bill Dixon. I, have I no don't idea. have any good Bill Dixon Sabato- yeah, I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what his picture was. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Dixon. Right? It was the Bill Dundee. <laughs> it was the uh, the the side uh, the side slam. All right, Salvatore. The next match we have is Salvatore um, Bellanano. I don't know if I said that right. Pinned Mac Rivia. All right. Yeah, we have okay, Jimmy excellent. Snuka. He pinned Ray Stevens. So I bet that match was pretty good. Of course, Jimmy Snooker was huge during this era. Um, this Hopefully, it was uh, pre. Um, did you ever hear the story of Jimmy Snooker and killing uh, his girlfriend? 
Yeah, yeah, he killed. He, well, allegedly, allegedly, we'll, yes. So yeah, we don't we don't need to be sued any more than we probably will be eventually. But yes. um, but yeah, but uh, Jimmy Snuka um allegedly killed his girlfriend in, in their in a hotel room. And there's a there's a uh, documentary about it too, actually. Yes, I think the um, I think there might have been a Dark Side of the Ring on that one too. Yeah, there was an episode on Dark Side of the Ring about it of him uh, allegedly killing his girlfriend. Yeah, and that's this is like very similar to around this era at that time that story was going around. Um, but Jimmy Snuka, you know. At this particular time, he was like a big star. Like, I mean, he had that famous cage match with Don Morocco that Mick Foley went to. Um, he had, of course, a lot of famous scenes with Roddy Piper with the coconut. I mean, he was a big jacked up dude that was like very rare for his time going on the top rope and doing a lot of splashes. And he was very agile as well for being a yes. very jacked up dude. Yes, he was definitely ahead of his time. And wasn't Ray Stevens, wasn't, sure. he, wasn't he Pat Patterson's lover? I don't know. I was thinking that, but I'm not 100 percent sure that that could have that could be though. Yes. So I'm pretty sure that was the, um, uh, and that's a whole nother story in itself. <laughs> but we also yeah, it is a whole another story, but it's a good story though. It's a good story. Yes. It's a rare happy happy story from wrestling. Yes. Um, and then we have superstar Billy Graham. He pinned Pete Sanchez. So we get a, we get superstar Billy Graham back here on the Retro Blood. Of course, this is probably when he's a little bit more. You know, in his prime during his time, 1983. And of course, Billy Graham, we talked about it before. Big, jacked up dude, wore a bunch of different colors. He had his style was very similar to like Jesse Ventura, where they would dress up in a lot of colors, they'd be jacked. You know, uh, the first Billy Graham had like long blonde hair. Very, he was kind of like the, the first Hulk Hogan in a way. He wasn't as charismatic as Hulk Hogan was and wasn't as big as Hulk Hogan was, but. He had a lot of the uh, the same traits that Hulk Hogan had. Did you know, big bodybuilder dude, long blonde hair, really really colorful interviews. Um, of course, Billy Graham got a lot of his style off of, also off of Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali interviews. So. Yeah, I w- yeah, Billy Graham, superstar Billy Graham is essentially like uh, Scott Steiner is now, kind of. Except Scott Steiner's not nearly as charismatic, I don't think, but. But um, but yeah, he. I think that Scott Steiner kind of paralleled his career off of Superstar Billy Graham. Yeah, I could see that. Big jacked up dude with a goatee. Yeah, we're like, well, you know, it, and the goatee yeah, was like, like similar to the, uh, the blonde with uh, the little black in it. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it was. I think. I think that he was like, I kind of want to be like that. You know, the uh, the um, big Papa Pump era of Scott Steiner. Yep. And then we got the main event. This is a pretty cool main event. We have Rocky Johnson, which is, of course, The Rock's dad, and mm-hmm. his tag team partner, Andre the Giant. They defeated the WWF tag team champions, Alpha and Captain Lou Abano. Uh, Viva Countout at 10 minutes and 05, brother, for the main event. Wow. So you think this is the B show? Yeah. I'm I would not- rather be at this show than the A show. Well, I mean, the only reason I called the other one the A show is because you have the world champion and IC champion at the same time. Like, you know, that's true. That's you know, d- during during this particular era, it was probably very rare to see the WWF champion and the Intercontinental champion on the same card together. You know, but you know, like I said, like this show over here, like it had a little bit more. The second show, and 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 Ohio had a little bit more star power. I'd say, like a little bit more recognizable say, yeah. figures during this time. But they they were both pretty strong shows, and it just really. 
it's kind of like oh, I don't really do this nowadays, but they used to kind of run like you know SmackDown and Raw would like do same house shows and sometimes the same time you know same times. Mm-hmm. But this is like you know during this particular era, they had like like I said one team go out here, one team go out here and do your different house shows that way. But when Hulk Hogan came along, it just became like every house show that Hulk Hogan won was the house show to be. You know, I I can see during oh, the, sure. I can see like pre Hulk Hogan where it could kind of be like split down the middle. Even though you know Bob Blackman was a pretty big star during this time, and of course Andre the Giant was too. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely it would be a toss up, I would say, between these cards. Uh, me in particular, I probably had to go with the Ohio show. I agree. I agree. I'd I'd much rather take the Trans Am to Ohio to see this show than the other one. But yeah. then I'm also not a fan of Bob Backlund. I mean, I like Bob Backlund, but I'm not a fan of his his you know real super super clean baby face style and seeing uh Afa, who was half one half of the Samoan SWAT team uh against Andre the Giant I think would be fantastic um yep. funny story about that though I did not know that uh Captain Lou Albano actually wrestled and I'm guessing it's because he just wrestled before my time of wrestling like I remember him as manager yeah, but I don't remember him. I don't remember him wrestling. Just like Bobby Heenan was a wrestler at one point, but I don't remember that. Yes, and I forgot to mention too on this main event. So Captain Lou Albano, he is actually subbing for Sika during during this time. So I guess Sika was like out for like an injury or something. So he was like in in the replacement seat. So I'm pretty yeah. sure Alpha was doing most of the bumping, brother, at this time. I'm, I'm sure he was. Yeah. And who was uh, Andre's partner? Oh, Rocky Johnson. Rocky Johnson. Yeah. So you got, the Rocks. So you got. Yeah, so you got, um, you know, I mean, Andre was obviously an attraction because of his size. You know, he was very slow, although in his early years, he wasn't as slow. But, you know, by this point, he was probably starting to get kind of slow. So, you know, he was doing the whole, uh, you know, where he hits the people in top of the head and they fall over kind of thing. Um, And then Rocky Johnson, I would say Rocky and Afa were probably carrying this match a lot of the time. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Rocky Johnson's style is very good. Like he was, uh, he did a lot of the, the, the shake Kind of like you know how the boxers do, where they do a lot of the shaking and the punching. Um, but he yeah. was really good for his time. He's a really good wrestler, really quick. You know, he's a tall dude, very agile dude. Um, and I actually I was really impressed with a lot of his matches mm-hmm. that he had. He's so very good. definitely, definitely, uh, definitely probably a, a fun card. I would say. You know, we drive up to Trans Am, listen to some Quiet Riot, going to the show. Um, I don't know during this time if we could find Bloodbeat because this thing seemed like it'd be like the most rarest movie to find. Like, where the hell did this thing come from? Yeah, it was huh. probably playing in some like big city, like like in like in New York City. It was probably playing in some Times Square movie theater, I would guess. But it probably didn't come to the local uh, to the local Metroplex, unless uh, well, Metroplex it would have been two screens. But unless they, you know, maybe it came to the theater that got, you know, they wanted a new movie, but they got cut out of all the newer releases. So their, you know, distributors like, Hey, we got this new movie called blood beat. Nobody else is going to have it. And the guy's like, ah, I guess I'll take that. So then he shows uh, blood beat for a week and maybe, maybe I don't so we might've been able to see it. Yeah. We'll get into it though. But before we get into the actual review of blood beat, I kind of want to talk a little bit of the history of this film. So it was filmed in Wisconsin on a yeah. 35 millimeter camera. Because this, this, mm-hmm. this, okay. So let me get my thoughts really quick about this movie when I was watching it. Just a, like a quick little thought. So I was, so I, I mentioned this before on Retro Blood. I have made my own 
horror movies before. I made very low budget horror movies, kind of just me and a couple of my friends. We came up with the idea and we kind of filmed a couple, you know, scenes. And I actually have a yeah. couple of those on. This is like a plugs over here. I have a couple of those on my YouTube channel. YouTube channel is called Makeshift Kings. Everybody check it out. I have a couple of those very independent. They're not as long as this Bloodbeat is, but oh, I have one that's like an hour hour long that's on there. But if you go on Makeshift um, Kings, if you look up the horror section, I have a couple different um, you know independent films that I made on my own with me and a couple of my friends. And this film kind of reminded me of that. Like it kind of reminded me of you got a couple friends together, maybe you got like this older couple, and they all agreed to do this movie around a house. And I was just thinking, like when I was watching this film, I was like, man, this is like kind of something I would make. I mean, like I, you know, doing like kind of like an, the the little um, the scenes where we have like all this blue lights going on and turning people into samurais. And you know, I was thinking, I was watching this, I was like, this is like if I had like a house out here in like the Wisconsin, all right. And I had a group of people who agreed to do a film with me, and I just got done watching Roroni Kenshin, and I wanted to add that in there. I would make this fucking film. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to even describe this movie to people. Um, it's really, it's really hard to believe. Like the story that we're going to tell you is really hard to believe. Yes. Uh, it's hard to believe that this is a real movie. <laughs> it really is. Um, but but it is. And I mean, I actually, I like this movie. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed every bit of it. It's certainly better than Silent Night, Deadly Night uh, Part 2 from last week. But um, it's I, I really like this. I mean, it's weird. And it doesn't make any sense. Yes. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, I, it has a kind of has a story, but I it it. it nothing in it makes any sense at all but it's it's just fun to watch and it i thought it was interesting i was interested the entire time yes so a couple of things about the film too uh, the director of photography he believed that the film was supposed to be shot for television rather than theaters and he filmed yeah, in he didn't know that it was going to be in theaters so he thought this this thing was going to be a tv show i was like what the yeah. fuck kind of tv show are you trying to pull over here I don't. I, I like when I was watching that because I knew that back in my head. I was like, "How do you make this into a TV show?" But I guess you know, maybe just go a little slower with their boy Gary. Um, well, he th he thought it was supposed to be a TV movie. Like he thought it was made. He was supposed ah, to be made for TV. Gotcha. The, the cinematographer did, so he shot it in four by three instead of uh, widescreen. So, do you want to tell the? Uh, <laughs> do you want to tell some stuff about the director? Um. Well, I know very little about the director. The only thing I know about the director is this, I think, is the only movie he ever made. Yes. Um, and he uh, did a lot of drugs. Yes. So the director's uh, name... Specifically, I... while he was writing and making this movie. And that's like a documented thing. That's not like, well, it's weird. He must have been on drugs. Like, that's a documented no, thing. No, it's a documented thing. Because yeah, the sure. director's name is what? Fabrice? What was his last name? For, for, um. Zephyrados. Zef, yeah, Zephyrados. So if you yeah. butcher it, oh well. <laughs> if I can, it's we'll a just, hard name to say. We'll it's just a say, hard name. We'll just say we're under that blood beat drugs as well. <laughs> right. So he was under some influence of drugs during this. And you can kind of tell, like, there's some, like, scenes in here that you're just like, okay, I can see how this guy is like, yes, well, you got to walk down the forest. And what I'll do is when you're walking down the forest, I'll put everything in negative. Yes, negative. <laughs> negative everything. <laughs> <laughs> and then the so he got the uh the title blood beat and it's supposed to be in reference to your 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 actual heartbeat experiencing with high um acceleration so that's how he mm -hmm. got the name 
of this. And like, to be honest with you, like when this whole thing was happening, my, my heart wasn't beating at all. Okay. No, <laughs> I don't. It has no, no and, and Bloodbeat has nothing to do with this movie whatsoever. Like it has nothing oh. at all to do with uh, anything in this movie, anything in the plot. Yeah. So, uh, so, so I guess like the, the thing with this film was he, uh, he didn't want to put a lot of like gore elements in it, which you can kind of tell he wanted to make it more like a, like a little more of like a, a classical like spectacle in a way. Like he didn't want to like focus on like only gore. He wanted to make it more of like a, a terrifying tale and stuff. So, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's kind of a, a an odd one, but uh, you know, and I like the uh, the semi Christmas theme to it. So, but uh, but let's get into it, everybody. Let's get into the uh, to the blood beat. A ghost, a ghost, a devil, a devil, a poltergeist, call it what you will, what you will, it lives, lives, breathes. You'll be paralyzed with fear, with fear as it kills, as it kills, as mutilates, mutilates anyone in its past. All right, everybody. So we we get uh, the credits, and I do like the credit where like it had like the blood beat and like shoots at you, and there's like a knife going through and it starts going bloody. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. we're starting this thing off hot. And the next thing we know, we just see a bunch of wilderness. Like we're in Wisconsin right now. You could tell that it snowed a little bit here. The snow is drying off a little bit. We get this dude in some hunting gear. He has like a Sony Walkman on him. And he's like hunting down a deer. Yep. All right. And we find out this character, his name is Gary. All right. So Gary, he eventually shoots a deer. And we have some weird music going on. This this whole film had like like different style music. You know what I mean? Like very like 80s, like what do you call it? Synthesized music, stuff like that. And yeah, it's really odd. It's really, it's really odd. The whole, the whole music thing choice in this movie is really odd. Like sometimes it's synth music, and sometimes it's like classical pieces, like known, like well-known classical pieces. Yes, and what I noticed right away, like the first scene where we see Gary and Kathy talk to each other. So Gary is like that guy in the hunter gear. Kathy is his girlfriend, and she wears like a poncho throughout this whole fucking movie too. Like, yep. and then the first thing I noticed, like, oh shit, they did not do good on their audio because I can almost barely hear what these motherfuckers are saying, which oh. I've had, I've had experienced that with my own local, uh, 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 made horror movies itself where you like the audio in this is just like really hard to understand. They're not using like a, I don't know if they even use the boom mic or anything. I thought they're just using the camera's mic or something, or if they were using a boom mic, boom mic, like they could barely hear this shit. Through the whole movie, did you get that on the audio? In um, to me, it sounded like. Um, well, did you you watched it on Shutter? Yeah, what's on Shutter? Yeah, so did I. Um, 
So it is, um, I couldn't tell if it's just really bad audio. Um, well, okay. So the scene, that first scene is pretty bad, but then the scene where they, they walk over the truck, it just sounds like, um, like the ADR AD was really bad. Like when they try to overdub it, like they overdub the audio, it yeah. just, it just wasn't good or something like, yeah, the audio is terrible, but I mean, I'm sure they probably didn't have a lot of money to make this just like, you know, you don't have a lot of money to make your movies. Yeah. So they were trying to make this go yep, as make best they could. Yep. And I was thought right away. I was like, oh crap, they got the old audio uh, fuck up thing, which happens, you know, and you try to, they try to make it the best you can when that happens. But, um, so Gary is showing, uh, Kathy, the deer that he killed. Kathy looks at the deer weird. He's like, he's seen a bunch of dead deer before. And he's like, okay, let's just go inside and drink some coffee. So they go inside their, the house looks a little creepy. I mean, it's like the house is like just out by itself on this huge land. Yeah, it's just a farmhouse. Yeah. So we have Gary and Kathy in the kitchen. They're talking about like, um, you know, uh, you know, I, 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 just got, I was really starving when I was doing my hunting um, out here. And then he's eventually, it's like, yeah, I, it's, I eventually when you know, when the kids come over to visit for uh, for Christmas and everything, I'm gonna tell them I'm gonna marry their mother. And then Kathy's like, ah, I don't know if I want to marry you right now and stuff. And I'm just not, you know, comfortable of doing it right now. And so we're seeing like a little tension where Gary wants to marry Kathy, but Kathy is just not wanting to do that at this particular time. Right. So we see a scene of Gary cutting up this deer. All right. Yeah. And, and, and another thing, too, is that they had to have used r- real dead deers in this movie. Mm hmm. Like the deer in this movie are real, they're, are real animals. Yeah. There's no way they could have on the budget that they had that they could have made a fake deer that looked this good. No, yeah, these these deers were a shoot. If you know what I'm, if yeah. you know what I mean, they were a shoot. That, this was not a work. Yep. So the kids all show up. So we have Ted. He is the older son of Kathy. We have Dolly, which is the daughter of Kathy. Mm-hmm. And yes. I don't know if like the sperm of the original dad like just took over all the genes because they did not look like they were related to Kathy at all. No, or each other. Or each other. They're just like like I guess the son kind of maybe could take some maybe. traits from Kathy, but the daughter no. Like she was like this blonde no. girl. Like it just it didn't match up because the mom was like basically she had it looked like the mom had like a little bit of like either Spaniard in her or like um, something like that, but they just did not. The kids did not look up, look like the mom. Yeah, she has black, black jet, black hair. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, hair color can, you know, it can, it can skip generations, and yeah, I mean, who knows? I'm not a geneticist, but you yeah, know, I, I think that uh, it, it's possible. But you're right; these people did not look like they were related whatsoever. Yeah, and then the uh, the kids have a really good relationship with Gary, so it's not like Gary is some sort of like big, you know, deadbeat dad or deadbeat stepdad or nothing like that. Or a deadbeat no, boyfriend. Loves Gary. Yeah, so everybody likes Gary. So it's kind of a different dynamic than we when we see normally on horror movies. So they all like they're all um, you know talking everything, and they're all showing up for you know Christmas. Um, they're all trying to have a family together on Christmas here in Wisconsin. And Ted brings along Sarah, and this Sarah girl was just weird off the bat. Like she looks at the deer, she gets all freaked out. Like and then they go up and they meet the mom, and then the mom just stares right into Sarah. And we we see some tension already between the, uh, the uh, Kathy and Sarah, and then they all go in, 
Um, they all, and then this is a weird scene too. Like, it's like, okay, we have everybody talking and then there's like this sound in the background. I was like, what the fuck is this sound? Like, is there something going on in this room? No, like when they filmed this, there was like, they filmed everybody's audio and they filmed like this radio broadcast all on the same audio track. So it was like all mumbled together. And I was like, listen guys, like, is this your first film or something? Like, (laughs) like I've done that before though. So. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, I, I think it was this guy's first film, actually. But you would think, though, that he would know, as as some sort of filmmaker, that he would know the no, no. Yeah, no, because not. you can it's, you can add that track in later, and it sounds a lot more like natural. Right. It's almost yeah, like they just recorded it li- like live in the room. Yeah. All on one track on the same on the same mics, but you yeah, know, it's almost like so. Like I know we're not far into the movie, but it's almost like. Like you were saying, like these people were just like they had a location, and they're like, okay, let's make a movie. Let's write a movie um, based on these things that we have. Yeah. So we have like yeah, and, basically yeah. That's what it reminded me of. It reminded me of like yeah. okay, we have this house. Uh, we have a couple of these people who are free for the weekend. Hey, why don't you do this mm-hmm. horror movie? Which I've done before. So. Yeah, and um, you know this guy just went deer hunting, so you know he has a dead deer that he's going to clean. So let's just film that. Yeah. And we can use that as part of this movie. So the fam is all hovering around the tree. So we're we're establishing that it is Christmas time around this movie that was released in March. So I always yes. like I always like these films. Like okay, so you know this one didn't have anything like an elf killer or like a gremlin, you know, anything like that, like a Santa killer. It just so happened to be Christmas at this time. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. It just so happened what? to be kind of like when we did Blood Beat, that special it, Thanksgiving. It, it just so happened to yeah. be Thanksgiving. Yeah, just like blood rage, it just happened to be Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, they say blood. Yeah, blood rage. Yeah, a lot of blood going on here on the retro blood butter. Yeah, on on holidays. <laughs> on holidays, man. Uh, so they're all looking around the tree now. Sarah, she is looking at the mother's painting. So the mother, Kathy, she is a painter. She paints yeah, she, everything. Yeah. And we find out later, yep. not only did she paint, but she also has visions too. She's a painter with visions. Yeah, okay. she's kind of a psychic. So, um, so, <laughs> so they're all talking everything and they're all talking about like, you know, family traditions They're talking about Christmas traditions and events varies like, Hey, I'll just play some music. All right. So Gary wants to play some music. Um, and then they're all kind of like looking around the presents that they all um, got together and they notice that Sarah has a present and Ted's like, well, Gary, did you know Sarah was coming here? How'd you get her present? Gary's like, I didn't know she was coming here. And then he asks his, like, his mom, like, hey, mom, like, did you, who gave Sarah this present? She's like, I knew Sarah was coming. I have the mother's intuition. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. So she's Sarah, yeah, so she's psychic. Yeah, so she. So Kathy is psychic. She, yes, Kathy is psychic. We're seeing that she knew that Sarah's coming. There's some more tension between them. So this is also another weird scene. So Ted brings Sarah into a room. And then, I don't know if you caught this. Because, like I said, this this was kind of hard for some of the audio because the audio was just, like, really tough during this film. But I think Ted was saying something about, like, his original dad, like, left. And he just left a note behind. So we know that, like, the, the, the dad, that's the only thing we knew about the, the previous dad, like, his, his father. He just left them and he just left a note behind and he stayed in this particular room. And then, like, Ted and Sarah, they just go on to this room. Uh, Sarah's just, like... You know, I got a lot of your mom's paintings over here. They're kind of freaking me out. I'm not really sure what your mom's. She like looked at me weird. Did you catch her looking at me weird and stuff? And Ted's like, ah, she's just being like a mother. 
You know what I mean? She's just being a little bit more overprotective and stuff. Right. And she's like, and then Sarah's like, no, there's something going on here. Like, there's your mom's acting weird, and I'm getting weird vibes. I feel like she's in the room with us now. And of course, Ted is like, listen, we drove all this way here. I want to get it on. Right? Like he's he's ready to hump in this room right yep. now. He's like, no, your mom's like probably watching us right now and everything. And he's just like, they're just kind of going back and forth. And then and and then um, eventually, um, so you know. Ted starts to kiss her and stuff, and then she eventually just like stops and pushes him away. And then we see that Ted's getting a little bit angry over here because he uh, Sarah just feels like the mom's watching her. We do see some clips of like the mom like getting visions or something in her room, which I thought was really very interesting. Yes. So we have we have Gary. He's in his truck and he's talking over like one of those CB radios. So now we have a scene of Gary and Dolly. And Gary's out there chopping some wood, and she's like, "Hey, um, uh, Pete's gonna be coming over, and they all want to go um, hunting together, right?" So then we see like a scene of four people riding on horses, and it's gonna be Ted, Sarah, Gary, Dolly, and Pete, and they're all going for a nice family hunt. So the big thing about this family is they're all they're all like hunters. They all like to hunt deer, all right? Except for Sarah, who somehow got talked into going on this thing. Yes. So Sarah can ride a horse. Yes. And they all can ride horses too. So we don't have anybody had to be trained. Uh, so I guess that's possible. I mean, maybe Sarah, maybe maybe um, Gary, uh, Gary, yeah, Gary and Sarah met. Uh, no, not Gary. No, it was uh, Ted and Ted. Sarah. Yeah, maybe Ted. Maybe Ted met Sarah. You know horseback riding or something and she can just ride horses but but yeah i don't know i, I mean i know a lot of hunters and i don't know anybody who goes horseback riding or, i mean deer hunting on on horses but maybe it happens i'll tell you i'll tell you get it man you gotta go full cowboy all right i mean it, it sounded fun though i mean this whole thing looked fun like I, i'm not i think hunting is boring and i'm not into it at all but um this this actually this whole excursion seemed kind of fun to me so we have sarah she's asking ted are you still mad at me ted and of course, Ted's like, it doesn't matter. So they're showing a little tension between Sarah and Ted. So we get the scenes; they're all there out there hunting. Um, Gary's like, "Hey, listen, everybody, we got to be quiet when we hunt these deer." All right. Mm-hmm. So they all kind of get in position. Uh, during this, when they're all walking, we hear like the music, and it has like a little bit of a heartbeat to it. So I'm like, okay, you're trying to make hunting scary, I guess. Uh, Sarah is not a fan of hunting, uh, and then eventually, when they're all like about to use their gun and they're going to use their uh, bow and arrow, uh, Sarah screams "No!" And then we have like this, like, like, like she can't just say "No" normally; it has to be like this, like, negative uh, screaming "No" to it with some creepy '80s music behind it as well. So, and then they all like Gary's the most; he gets pissed off the most. Like this guy, his passion is basically fucking hunting, and he's like, "What the?" Fuck no! He gets all pissed off and everything. Ted just runs after her. He just runs after her. Sarah, 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 and they keep just running. And then uh, Sarah just keeps running through the forest and everything. And then like we see like this guy who like I I thought at first he was like this blonde guy in the jacket. We never got his name. I thought he was just like drunk at first, but then eventually Sarah just runs into him. It looks like the guy got shot, and I guess maybe like one of the bullets or something that was supposed to be getting the deer uh, shot this guy. That's what I thought at first, yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
we get a scene of Gary talking to the cop, and this cop, his name is John. And they were just saying, and John was just like, hey, did you see this guy? Like, do you, have you ever recognized him before? Like, he's trying to get some stuff out of Gary. Gary was like, no, i never seen this guy before. You know, we're just out there hunting and stuff. I don't know what happened to this guy. And eventually, they just bring up the guy. And did John and Gary kind of know each other? So, John just like, hey, you know, everything's going to be okay. And everybody, hey, everybody, Merry Christmas. And they drive off. Yeah, we, don't, we don't know who this guy is. He's dead, but we don't know who he is. So, everything's fine. Yes. So... And during this time, Sarah's like crying because she's pretty upset about everything that just happened. She saw this dead guy that pretty much die yeah. right in her arms and stuff. Yeah, which all makes sense. She should be upset at this point. Yeah. So Sarah's crying. She's now she's in the she's in her bed with with Ted, and Ted's just kind of like kind of calming her down so she can go to sleep. Um, Sarah uh, wants Sarah wants Ted to take away all the pictures that's in the room. So she wants all these pictures that her mom put in this room that she wants them to get taken away because she's freaked out about them. And Ted's like, okay, I'll take these pictures away. So now we see the the Nancy. She's looking at her paintings really weirdly. Like she has a she has a lot of like weird facial expressions in this movie. The actress that played Nancy. I mean uh yeah, Kathy on this movie. So now Ted is now talking to Nancy, he's talking to his mom. And Ted's basically just trying to get some money for his car. But then the the mom keeps saying, hey, have you seen Gary? Where's Gary? He's like, I'm not sure where Gary's at. He's probably just with Pete or whatever. And the mom's going on like, listen, I don't really trust, you know, uh, I don't really trust this Sarah girl. Like, she seems something weird. She seems something off. And, and, and then, like, uh, Ted just thinks that the mom is acting kind of weird. Because apparently, like, two weeks before they all came down, Dolly said she was quitting college. So Ted thinks the mom is just acting a little funny because she's just very upset about Sarah not going to college. Um, and then Ted thinks that she's just having some, like, deja vu flashback scenes of, of just, like, being upset about, you know, different different events. Right. So, and then this is when we get Sarah. She's finally trying to go off in the bed. Um, this is when, you know... She said, like, uh, the holidays are just kind of getting onto your mom and stuff. And then the mom's just acting weird. And then she starts to draw some weird stuff. So Gary's like, hey, I'm going into the town to get some booze. And he, like, this is what we're seeing. Like, Gary is like, you know, he's trying to, like, he's just trying to win Kathy over. But Kathy's, like, very stuck on doing her paintings at this time. Mm-hmm. So then after this, uh, we have Ted and Dolly. They are, they're like kind of hanging out together in like the family living room. And this is when Sarah's waking up. And this is like, we have like a, like a cut scenes of like Kathy working on a painting. And then we have Sarah like waking up and looking through a, a chest. And she sees a bunch of samurai gear in this chest. And she eventually cuts her hand or her finger on a samurai katana sword. Right. And then Ted and Dolly, they hear a little knock. They run up. Ted runs into his mom. Uh, uh, Kathy wants to know where Sarah at. They they find Sarah on the floor, and then this is when the Sarah's saying, "Ah, oh, I'm sorry, everybody. Like I cut my hand, my finger on the sword, and I fell down." And it was like, "Oh, there's no chest with the samurai stuff here." She's like, "No, I'm not going crazy. There was a chest of samurai stuff here," and so we're seeing that she somehow, um, in her uh, bloodbeat mind, has conjured up a a box. Of a rare samurai. Uh, have you ever seen Ronin Warriors? Yeah, 
It, it's that's what it looks like. It's like samurai armor. It's like samurai armor and a samurai sword. Yes. Um, that uh, that she she finds. And is this is this before? When does at some point Kathy says tells Ted that she's seen Sarah in, in a vision? Uh, I think that's when they were talking. Like she, yeah, okay, yeah. That that's when they were first interacting, saying like she doesn't really trust Sarah. Like she's like I, I think I've seen her before. Like she looks familiar. So right. yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's the whole deja vu thing they were talking about. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, oh no, we're just having deja vu of seeing you know maybe somebody like her before or something like that. And she's like, no, I think I've pretty seen her before. So we're seeing that the the mom and Sarah have like like tensions on each other. Like they're the mom thinks that Sarah's up to something. Okay. <laughs> So now we're downstairs. Kathy is painting. Gary walks in. Gary wants some affection. All right. And he's all like, he's trying to like get on, you know, give a little kiss and stuff. But the mom, the Kathy's trying to like push him away a little bit. And then this is when Gary goes off. He's like, listen, I know you're a great artist and stuff. And you have all these visions, but I'm a man. I need some affection. I get it that you don't want to marry me and stuff. Uh, but I'm a good old country boy and we have affections every once in a while. So he's just going off. He might've had some Budweiser's before he came back home. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so this is the beginning of the kind of family tension that we start to see. Yeah. This is like, Barry, we see some tension between them. You know, Gary's going off saying like, you don't want to marry me. That's fine. But don't treat me, don't treat me like a dog. Kathy just says, you don't understand about my visions and stuff, my painting. Gary says, you know, for the last four or five months, I've been treating you really good. I've done everything for you. You know, I get that you have, like, your paintbrushes and your arts and stuff and your visions. But he said, like, even the good old boys get fed up. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, like, you know, you gotta... (laughs) 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 The good old boys getting fed up. exactly. You got to measure up, sweetheart. And then he leaves. So I was like, damn, okay. There he goes. So Gary, he goes running into the bed. He goes running. like Just like any like like angry guy, like his girlfriend or something. What does our boy Gary do? He freaking runs into the living room. He says hi to the kids very nicely. And he goes on to his stony Walkman. And, and my head is like, he's turning on the retro blood, everybody, to calm himself down. I thought he was uh, didn't he didn't he plug I thought he plugged headphones into that little teeny tiny television. Wasn't he watching TV with, with through the headphones or something? Oh, I thought he had like a little Sony Walkman on him. Oh, uh, maybe he did because I know he turns the TV on. And he's like sitting in front of it with the headphones on. But yeah, maybe he's listening to his Walkman. So now he like wants to be left alone, and he's listening to either the TV or his Walkman, and uh, that's where we are at this moment. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure all like all the kids like heard the argument happen. So that's why they're all. Yeah. So the kids are like the Ted and Dolly. They're they're there uh, playing Monopoly, the old school yes. Monopoly too. Yeah, no one has ever finished a Monopoly game. Not not in the history of the world has anybody ever finished a Monopoly game, and they don't finish this one either. Yeah, they they definitely don't finish this one. So the mom comes in, Kathy. She sits down, and now she sits right next to Sarah and just starts staring at her weird. <laughs> like the like the the yeah. It's just like the the whole like looking of like the the Kathy's face at Sarah, just like very creepy. So I was like, okay, nothing to see here. I'm just gonna stare at you the whole time. Yeah. Well, we it what's going on is not being made clear, but we kind of find out later what's yeah. happening. Yes. So they did me- mention too, like, hey, where's Pete at? And then the mom says, Pete's okay. He's a he's a guy. He can t- 
take care of himself. And next thing we know, Pete crashes his car. Mm-hmm. So Pete is yeah. their uncle. He was the guy out there hunting with them. And yeah. so this is a really weird scene. So Pete crashes his car. He looks around the car for a little bit. Next thing you know, Pete just like looks at something and he gets killed. Like we don't see what he looks at and everything. It just, hey, I look at something. Next thing you know, I'm down the floor with my my um my throat cut. And then of course, Sarah was acting weird and nervous at this time too. So she eventually um, leaves and she goes back into the room, like the little room that she's staying in. All right, so Ted Ted originally was going to try to go follow her, but Dolly stops him. She's like, hey, Sarah just needs to be left alone a little bit. So now we get a, a older couple. Okay, they're in the bedroom together. We have Chris, which is the girl, and we have Paul, which is the guy. So Paul is another good old country boy. So we have all good old country boys here in Wisconsin. And then the big thing about Wisconsin at this time Allison is everybody likes to hunt. So the whole town is hunting. Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's that uncommon. Yeah, I wouldn't say uh, so. To be honest with you. I mean, from this area, I don't think that's un- that, that that's a, that uncommon for people to go deer hunting at this time of the year. So they're having interaction. They're kind of like an older cover bickering at each other. So they first go on saying they think that Gary and the crew shot that guy. But then, like, Paul's kind of defending him, saying, oh, I don't think they did. It just, it's just an accident that can happen. And then uh, Paul, he wants some tea, all right? And Chris is, like, bickering the whole time going into getting this tea. And she's, like, mumbling everything. I I didn't hear what she was mumbling, but she was, like, mumbling the whole time. And they also talk about getting, bringing in the dog. And the dog's name is Chuki. Yes. Chuki. Our boy Chuki. The dog. (laughs) (laughs) This is a happy guy. I'm not making this up. All right. No, I mean this is yeah, this is all really yeah. well. Yeah, this is all in the movie. Yeah. So they're talking everything, and then I thought that, like one scene was funny. Like Chris comes in with his tea, and then and then get, John was like, "No, Paul was like, well, where's my orange juice?" I was like, "Motherfucker, you just asked for tea. Where the fuck did this orange juice come from?" All right. So right, now it's not even mentioned anywhere before this. Yeah. So now she goes back and makes the orange juice now, and then during this, um, okay, so <laughs> this is like it gets like a little weird coming up here. So oh, a little weird, yeah. So Sarah is in the bedroom, okay, mm-hmm. alone, and she has like a sheet like right in between her like body and her legs. Like you can see her legs, but there's like a sheet right between her, and she's right starting to legs, yeah. she's starting to like like get herself going. Like yeah. it, it sounds like she's like masturbating. To be honest with you, yeah, that's what I took out of this. That that's what she was doing. Yeah, and then like so now that she's masturbating during this scene um it kind of like gets one up full so every time she starts we hear her and she's getting more into it we see uh like this like um cre- this like, like, like the scene of like we're seeing different scenes of the house being watched through the uh the characters the demon characters eyes and the funniest part when we see that is well, like when, the, when they're like by the bedroom the dog just stares at the person and it just stares right back at uh, paul and then this is happening, and then we're in the we're in the bedroom with Chris, and this is when the samurai sword gets uh, summoned. And then during this time, when when there's when there's a kill right about to happen, freaking Sarah, she's getting humped by some sort of ghost or something, because this girl is just going all at it. Like she is just humping yep. this sheet. She is like fucking getting into it. Like she is just having like multiple orgasms. Like this thing is just going. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. So she's just like going crazy, and then boom, we eventually get the samurai sword. 
cuts down uh, Chris. And it's like a blue, like, light around, like, this samurai sword as well, too. Like, there's, like, this blue, like, flashy light it's thing. Like, yeah, it's like animation. Like, they've animated over anything to do with the samurai. Yeah. In, in the movie. Like, over the sword. Like, over the sword, there's, like, a, there's like a, like a blue animation over it. So, when, uh, when, uh, so Paul doesn't even hear all this stuff. He's like, you got my orange juice yet? And he's calling out for Chris. He's like, Chris, Chris, where are you? Where are you? And he eventually sees Chris dead. And then the acting that this guy does, he's like, he's like, oh no, Chris. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Oh my God. Why? And then eventually, and then like, it's so weird, like seeing this scene and then seeing Sarah hump the air. Like we're going back, back and forth. Okay. Right, they're just going back and forth between these two scenes. Yeah, and then the, then eventually Apollo sees the samurai ghost, and then Sarah she is just humping the glory right now when the, this ghost appears, and then like then we have like this whole chase scene, and then eventually Paul he just like <laughs> he doesn't go out the front door. No, now when you John when you're running from a blue samurai demon, and you're in your own house, do you a try to fight it? Do you b Try to run out the front door, or do you see, brother, you just jump out the fucking window? You just jump out the window, man. Yeah. That's all you got to do. You just jump out the window. You Fuck the front yeah. door. We're getting the fuck out of here. And our boy Paul, he like jumped out this window. Boom. He just gets right up and runs away. I was like, damn, okay. He's just getting, and then now he's running through the woods and everything. And he is just like freaked out. He's like, he's like in his like tidy whiteies and there's his fucking <laughs> um, um, robe on himself. And he's just going everywhere. And eventually, he, yeah. he goes into a barn, and then he goes into the blue van. And we see uh, Gary, he's still listening to our podcast on his on his Walkman over there. Um, and then we get the uh, Paul, he eventually goes to a gas station. And this is when we see like a really weird scene. So he's in the gas station trying to get in, but there's nobody there. And then the demon's there, it just randomly appears, but the demon has like a flashlight on Larry's face. Or Paul's face. <laughs> it's just like, I there's somebody chasing you. Look, there's a flashlight in front of your face. And then, like I said, Cara, Sarah, I mean, she is just going to town at this time. Like, she is just like, I mean, she is like, yeah. Yeah, I'm conjuring up this demon. I'm also getting myself some pleasure at this time. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I took out of that was that she was like conjuring the samurai ghost by, uh, you know, masturbating or whatever. Yeah, it's it's you know this movie is almost other than the masturbation. This movie is almost like a Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, you know there's like a there's like a samurai ghost that they're yeah. trying to figure out, and he's all like glowing. On. Yeah, he's like fucking glowing right. like a Scooby Doo villain does too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so eventually, the Paul guy he's about to be um, trying to go into the. Um, the the house where they're all at like Kathy and Gary and all them and before he gets mm -hmm. to the sham the samurai shoots him with a bow and arrow so we have a lot of like bow and arrow um, scenes for these reviews of Christmas time mm -hmm. like I think every movie we had that we've been reviewing so far like Silent Night Deadly Night one two and this movie all have had kill from bow and arrow yeah well so, I mean bow and arrow is a cool cool weapon. So it must be like the uh, the Christmas murder weapon of the season, the bow and arrow. Mm -hmm. So when they hear like this little knock at the door, Ted, Gary, and Dolly all go up to the door, and then they see this dead Paul guy, and they all freak out. And then when this all is happening, um, the, the Kathy starts to like shake a lot, 
and she's starting to get like mega visions going on here. And of course, Sarah, she's just humping the town over here. And then this is when we get the whole house starts to like light up. It's like it's like it's all haunted. Everything's shaking. We get a Gary trying to get out, and like he's trying to like he's trying to like first he's trying to get to Kathy, but he can't. Now he's getting attacked by all this like food throwing at him and stuff, and a bunch of knives to the kitchen's throwing at him. Um, we have Ted and we have Dolly. They're trying to go get Sarah to get her out of the house, but they can't get through the Sarah because like there's like this blue animated light in front of Sarah's door, and they get pushed back during this. Yeah, and- they can't. They, yeah, they can't <laughs> go through the blue animated light. Yes, it's stopping him. Then we get the mom over here saying like, you know, stop it, don't hurt my kids and stuff. I'm gonna stop you. Then we have like the blue samurai kind of like come into form um, at this time as well. And this is when we get... Uh, is this the first time we actually see the samurai? Yeah, we start seeing the samurai. And the samurai sees Ted and he sees Dolly. And yeah. they, they go running. And then Dolly, she is like fucking crying out for bloody hell. Like this girl would be sucked to hide because they try to go hide. And she's just freaking out the whole time. Like she runs into a closet and keeps screaming. And Ted's trying to get her out of the closet. But then like they're like she's like won't go but she won't go but she's like screaming and eventually like, mm. the door shuts on him and that's when the, the samurai is like right outside the door and then the samurai is just it's like a it's like a, a guy in a samurai outfit but it's all like blue he's all like animated blue yeah he's a ghost yeah and I they try to yeah it's like a ghostly samurai deal um and then they're trying to they're in the door uh the, the samurai blue door is trying to put his uh, uh, katana through the door. Um, the, yeah, they're all in the closet freaking out the whole time. The house is still moving. This is when we get Kathy said, uh, who are you? What do you want here? Answer me. Um, Ted's is still screaming in the closet and everything. All this screaming in there. Kathy says, you know, don't touch my kids. Uh, hurt. My time is not over yet. Leave me alone. Then, like, her hands start, like, glowing, like, this red glow on it. Mm-hmm. And then we see, like, this blue door about to butt through the door. And then Kathy said, no, uh, go away. Then we have some Eddie's effects with her hand. And then eventually, um, the, the house starts coming down a little bit. Um, Dolly starts screaming again when the door opens. Ted leaves. And they eventually, uh, the house is all calmed down, Ted leaves, and they, they eventually meet up with Kathleen, and they find Gary on the floor, and he's busted open on the head. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, Kathy is now washing Ted up, and puts, I mean, not Ted, uh, Kathy Gary. is now washing Gary, because Gary's the one with the blood on his head, on the floor, because he got attacked by mm-hmm. some oatmeal. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he got hit in the head with oatmeal. Yeah, oatmeal, brother, that's some deadly shit, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so Kathy is like kind of calming him down, putting on, you know, washing up his head, make sure he's okay. And uh, for some reason, like this is a weird scene too. So Gary and Ted want some answers to Kathy. Like, hey, what's going on here? What's happening? Kathy's like, I can't tell you guys. And then she goes on to saying like, uh, he would never take uh, my child away from me. Uh, he would never take, you know, my kids, like you, Ted and Dolly, they, they would never take you guys away or he'd never take me away from you. And then Ted's yeah. like, Ted's like, like, what do you mean? Like, what, what's going on here? Like, what? No, no. Oh, no. Like, and I was so confused. I was like, okay, what? What's going on here? Yeah, like, I was he? confused at this point. 
Like this movie makes so little sense anyway. And this part I was really confused about. I don't know what I don't I still I'm still not really sure what she's talking about. Yeah. I'm I'm still not sure. Like, who is he? I I, I thought the, the well, we'll get into who the bad person was, but maybe it was like the samurai villain or something. Like, who the fuck I, is he? Maybe, maybe, but like you know, I mean, we'll get to the end of the movie, but the end of the movie doesn't tell us that. I don't think. Yeah. So after um, this, we have Ted. He is now in the room that Sarah's in, and he is looking creepy. And he's like, okay, I almost had like this deadly samurai kill me. And my whole mm-hmm. family, my sister, I had the house attack everybody. Uh, Gary's knocked out by a piece of oatmeal. I don't know what's going on. My mom was talking about some crazy stuff. You know what? It's a perfect time for some sex. Yep. All right. So he sees like Sarah over there. And of course, he's like, you know, taking it off. I'm very tempted to play the song right now, but we'll see. He's about to take it off and he's about to get it on with Sarah. Because he's like, you know what? Screw it. Got this freaking demon samurai come after me. I'm gonna get get it going. So then we see like some uh, some woods scene. We're out here in the nighttime woods. It kind of looked like Blair Witch a little bit. You know what I mean? Because the way they filmed it is like very like home video style of filming. Yes, except it was sh- it was shot on 35 millimeter film, but yeah, um, but yeah, it was very um, handheld. You would say. <laughs> yeah. Like they're just walking through the ca- woods with a camera in their hands, I'm sure. Yeah, so why we have a bunch of cutscenes. So we have cutscenes of this wood, and we have cutscenes of a boy, Ted, and uh, Sarah getting it on. Yep. And then, how, what, so, I, I, so I'm, we're assuming that every time that Sarah, I mean, she has a lot of sex in this movie. She has a sex with herself. She has sex with some the ghost or a towel or a sheet. And now she's having sex with Ted. So every time this girl has some sex, this samurai gets uh, formed. It gets more powerful yes. from, from, yes. from so having now, sex. So for her having sex, yeah. Yes. So now we figured out that there's like this kind of sex, like murder thing. Yep. And so now every time she, every time she does something sexual, the samurai, the ghost of the samurai reappears. Yes. They get stronger. So we see a couple of dudes out there in the uh, the woods just drinking beer. I think one guy's playing mm-hmm. a harmonica. And this one drunk guy says, "Your music makes me want to pee." So he goes and pee. <laughs> <laughs> so this is when we see the blue samurai in all its form. He goes yep. up to this guy that's peeing and just fucking kills this motherfucker. And then every time he's killing Sarah, she's really getting it. Like she is just getting it. She's feeling it now. All right, she's feeling she's feeling the Ted and she's feeling the samurai blueness. All up mm. in her right now. So so now the samurai is cutting down everybody. And the funniest scene that I saw when he was like killing the people in the forest was like the one guy who was like, he was like this guy, he's like a redhead and he had like a red hat on. And like during the whole scene, he was just sitting there very still, like just very still. And then eventually he sees the, the samurai blue guy. He gets up, he like lights like a little like piece of thing on fire. And then he like, he tries to fight him with like the little branch on fire. And the samurai just cuts him down really easy. But just like the whole like motion of him like walking up was very funny. Right, right. Uh, and then, of course, our girl Sarah eventually finishes uh, because the kills are done, and now she's done too. Yep. Um. So we see the scene of so Gary is not going to go to the police to give this dead body of Paul. No, he decided to. Okay, I got a weird family that I 
um, mixed in with over here. I really like this Kathy girl. She says, like, there's, like, something going on with some demon spirits. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hide this fucking body. I'm going to hide this Paul guy. Fuck, still fuck him. And then we see the dog just wandering around over there. And then Ted, he, I mean, uh, Gary tries to go hide the body. But he realizes the, I guess, the, the, the truck won't start. So now he's going to hide the body with his horse now. Mm-hmm. Okay. And let's see what we got here. And then this is when we have, like, Ted. After he's done getting it on, you know, he finally got some sex with this Sarah girl. He mm-hmm. is now goes outside the house with a gun, and he goes to the forest, and he starts to cry. So I didn't really get yeah. this. Either. Did we, like, miss something? Like... Is he crying because there's like some sort of like, did he, he seemed like he forgot the demon. Like I'm, I don't really know why he went out there to cry, but maybe it was just like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. Uh, I, so I don't know. So like, it's almost like there's part of this movie missing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's almost like there's part of this movie missing. And I feel like, um, I feel like he's going out into the woods to look for the samurai well, does he know the samurai? Yeah, they they know that something's going on. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I guess I guess what it was was they think the samurai is just like a, a crazy samurai on the loose, and he's going out there to see if he can find it. <laughs> right, right. He's a, a crazy maybe, samurai on the loose in Wisconsin. Maybe what happened was exactly. Maybe what happened was he's like, okay, you know, what I mean, I almost died yesterday from the samurai. But I got my manhood back by giving my girl some dick. Now I'm going to go out right. there, brother, and I'm going to hunt this samurai down because that's what I do. I'm a yep. hunter. But I'm going to cry during exactly. it for some reason. <laughs> so we have Dolly now meets with Kathy. And this is another weird scene. So Dolly is like, don't read my mind, mom. You're my mother. Don't read my mind. You're doing it. You're reading my mind right now. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where we fully find out that, that Kathy is psychic. Yeah, and and also that Dolly is psychic. Yeah, and like, did you see how they're like looking at each other? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So they had like the psychic battle, but there's no special effects or anything. So they just make weird looks at each other for a, for a few seconds. <laughs> they're just like staring at each other, all funny looking. So now Dolly, after she stares funny at her mom, she goes looking for Ted, and of course we get Ted, 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 Ted. <laughs> Gary is yeah, on his, <clears throat> Gary's on his horse. This is when we see Ted crying. And eventually Doll is walking over. And um So we we uh Dolly said, finds Gary and then they all go to Ted and they're all talking to Ted for a little bit. And then eventually they're all like they all want to go into the forest to see if they can find the samurai. So Dolly actually sees the samurai. Alright, coming at her. And <clears throat> it was really <clears throat> excuse me. It's really crazy when like Dolly was walking through the forest. It, all it was was a bunch of negative. Like the whole yeah, thing was just like negative. Film the negative, right? Yeah. There's a whole lot of negative in this film. <laughs> <laughs> so they they run into the samurai. Uh, Dolly, of course, runs and screams. Uh, Gary goes after her. Uh, Ted runs into Gary, and this is when they find Dolly. And then they see they try to get. Um, they try to like uh, they fight the samurai at this time, and they they, yes. they also try to calm um, Dolly down. So they're so you know they, they kind of get the, uh, the the samurai gets the upper hand with them. So they try to go hide from the samurai. So they start hiding from the samurai. Gary has an axe that he got, and then Ted. Um, so mm-hmm. 
Ted is kind of like wondering who like this thing is like and stuff like that. And then we get like uh, Kathy. Uh, we have a couple of cutscenes of her painting very crazy at this time. Uh, yeah, she's still painting. Yeah, Sarah's and, in her. Yeah, yeah she, and then they're they're basically Gary, Ted, and Dolly are trying to bring the samurai down. They're trying to beat him. They're trying to like outmaneuver him. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so eventually. Gary gets the upper hand of the samurai and, and chops him down. And it was like really easy. Yeah. Like they just trick him really quick and they chop him and the samurai just all evaporates into armor. Yep. He uh he attacks he attack he finally attacks the samurai with an axe and then and finally beats him down. Yes. And then Gary brings in the armor and he is all excited. He's like, Okay, I'm gonna give this armor to Kathy. Uh she was telling the truth about everything. And I'm going to finally get her on. I'm going to be on her good side. All right. So he eventually brings the, the, the armor to Kathy. Uh, Kathy tells him, just burn it. Get away from it. Burn it. And then Gary's like, no, I can't burn it. Like, this is fucking evidence, man. They're going to think, like, I'm going to bring this samurai. <laughs> this is his plan. Gary's plan was to bring the samurai armor to the police station and be like, hey, police, I found the samurai armor. There's no body. There's his armor. And see, what happened was, like, it turned to blue light. And stuff because I have like the psychic uh, uh, girlfriend I'm trying to marry, and like it was killing a bunch of people, and uh, you know I'm I'm innocent. Like, yeah. What was his like plan he won't here? Go to, he, I, he won't go to the police when you know he finds Paul dead. Yeah. Even though there's no evidence that he killed Paul, there's no reason to think there's no reason anybody would think that he had anything to do with killing Paul. But he wants to take all of a sudden he doesn't he doesn't go the he doesn't go to the uh, to the police then he disposes the body as if he killed him which start, made me think that okay maybe gary is the killer at this point at that point where he killed paul but then you know but then he, he gets the armor and he takes it back home and then he's like no we got to take the armor to the police like this story is going to hold up like this is going to make sense yeah well, i mean it's, hell none of this story makes any sense no. but i'm just saying like <laughs> this is the story he wants to tell the police and then uh, we eventually get you know gary green to hold on to the armor or not burn it at least and this is so also at this time sarah is seeing some flashbacks of a younger kathy so when we had sarah's hand getting cut by the samurai sword we see kathy's younger self getting cut by the samurai sword and then we just get a couple like flashbacks of like kathy being a kid that they never really explored upon so i guess they're just showing that she was like a psychic to begin with or something and then we get okay no good oh this is just when we get sarah she's like Puts her hand over Kathy's picture and, and, and starts to burn it, and then yep. Paul. So we t- find out he's she's psychic. Yes, too. Yeah, she. Yeah, she and has. That's what Kathy doesn't like about her. Yes. So they both have the same powers, and then eventually Ted walks in. He sees Sarah's hand burning, and he has like this most confused, shock look to his face. So he's like, "Okay, I, I, I'm just trying to visualize what's going on in his head." He's like, "Okay, I just banged this girl." She has psychic powers now. Is she the one doing the samurai thing? Maybe. I'm not really sure. <laughs> but the thing is, he's so surprised that about all this psychic stuff going on, and then we'll find out something later on that makes that not make any sense. But well, then we're almost there. And then, and then, like, Sarah just, like, turns him blue with her blue magic powers. Yeah. So that, and then, like, his face during this whole thing is just so funny looking. His, like, shocked looking face. Um, so, Gary's outside and everything. So, he's not inside seeing all this madness happen. Um, let's see. Kathy sees Sarah 
uh, and said like, um, you chose hell. Like, so he eventually, uh, Kathy eventually goes into the room where Sarah was turning Ted blue and she's like, you chose hell. I know who you are. Um, mm-hmm. she's like, I know what you want. Then we see like this old, like world war two footage or something going on at this yeah. time. Right. And so Gary's uh, head starts hurting too. And this all happens. And now the blue samurai has now formed. Now the blue samurai is on attack and it's, it's like following Kathy through a bunch of hallways. And uh. you could see like, you know, she's like saying, you can't destroy me. Um, I know who you are and stuff. Um, so eventually like the samurai like corners Kathy into this room and we see that the samurai is Sarah now. And she's got her face painted all in like kabuki paint. Yes. And Gary kind of, he comes in to try to rescue and save Kathy with like a knife. But eventually the samurai kills him. All right. And then eventually the samurai uh, kills Kathy. And then Kathy starts to disintegrate, I guess, a little bit. Then we have yeah. Ted and we have Dolly. They have now entered the room. And they decided, oh, crap, we actually have psychic powers, too, somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So their like hands... Ted's all shocked about psychic abilities, but he has psychic abilities himself. Yes. Like, the whole family does, apparently. Because we did see, I forgot to mention, that while Sarah was turning uh, Ted blue, he deflected it by his red yeah. ranger power. With his red, red psychic ranger power, yeah. And then um, after this, Dolly and Ted, they have now combined their powers together and they defeat the blue samurai with this magic powers of psychic ability that's red. Yep. And then... And that's it. That's it. And then... (laughs) uh, Let's see. Oh, the samurai goes... Famous song. Oh, and then during this... Wasn't there like a famous like song playing? Um, I forgot what it was called. The actual track. Isn't it uh, like it's a, a classical track? Yeah, yeah, the classical track. Yeah, isn't it? Um, isn't it Wagner? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a Wagner track that's playing. And I was just um, thinking, like, okay, I'm pretty sure they didn't get the rights to this song, but fuck it, who cares? Just put that shit in there, brother. Exactly. So nobody'll ever see this. Yeah. So now Ted and Dolly, they have one, and then they just leave the house, and then the movie ends. So, yep. That is the blood beat. And what it, it, it's no Die Hard, but what a Christmas movie this <laughs> fucking was. <laughs> it's definitely no Die Hard. Um I mean, I I liked I I thought it was good. I mean, I liked it. It doesn't make any sense. No. I like I don't like I mean, like I know people are going to be confused by listening to this whole episode, but I mean, we're just recapping what happened in this movie. I mean, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. It There's doesn't no, make yeah. Yeah, there's no rhyme or reason for why anything's happening. I don't even know who this samurai is. Yeah, I don't it's, know. Like either. I said, it's almost part of the movie's missing. Like there's supposed to be a like a flashback to show us like the samurai somehow had something to do with their lives before this, but it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, like there was a couple like flashback scenes of Kathy when she was younger and stuff, but they didn't like show like I don't was her dad like a samurai? Did she get attacked <laughs> by a samurai? Did she watch a, sa- a crazy samurai movie? Uh, we saw a couple like World War Two scenes for some reason in here. Like, was she in World War Two? Was there a samurai in World War Two? Is she Asian? I don't know what the hell's going on over here. Okay, I have so many questions. Right. 
<laughs> right. I have so many questions. Like it's it's all it's like so I kind of got that the 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 World War II footage was supposed to be the samurai, although there were not any samurais in World War Two, yeah. <laughs> as far as I know. But yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's weird. That's why I said at the beginning, it's almost like. They wanted to make this movie with stuff that they had on hand. Like, we have a farmhouse. We're in Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, we, we need a ghost or a monster of some kind. Well, I've got this samurai armor. Well, that's that's good enough, but that's all we've got. <laughs> Add it in there, brother. So we're just going to have a samurai ghost. Yes. Oh, how uh, are we going to make it a ghost? I'll just put some blue shit on him. Like, some blue effects. Let's put gotta, blue shit on yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. It's all in post, brother. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It's all in post, brother. <laughs> so we'll put go- blue stuff on it so it looks like it's a ghost. Because I watched Scooby Doo, and that's what they looked like. So that's what ghosts look like. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's really strange. Like this movie's really, really odd. Yes, it's very odd. Like the this the whole like premise of it and everything, and like just like a couple like missing stuff to like tie it together. And like I yeah. didn't really see like I like Kathy. She's just like freaking okay. She's like the main character, and she just dies. Okay, just that's it. Now okay, my kids are psychic now. I was like okay, well, how did you gain your psychic powers? It's supposed to be like. We're supposed to figure this out on our own or something. Well, I mean, we yeah, but we don't have to know that. But we, it would be, it would be nice if we knew. Like it's just random. Like it's almost yeah. like everything in this movie is just random. Yes, very like, random. It, yeah, it's just it's really hard to describe. In that, it just you're just watching these things happen for no apparent reason. Yes, yeah, so you know this is this is what happens sometimes when you invite the family over for a Christmas. You know, you never know if we're going to be inviting some over some sort of psychic demon samurai girl who, right. who who conjures up samurai demons by having a lot of sex. Yeah. So, okay, now I'm thinking about it even more. So, like, if if Sarah had showed up and she conjured this demon, right, this samurai ghost, and brought it there, that would be one thing. But then, but we get the, uh, that she's like, a, I got that she's like a reincarnation of the samurai. Yeah. That, that they had dealt with, that she had, uh, the scene they had dealt with before. And that she, um, you know, cause that's why she was like saying like, you can't, you won't, you can't defeat me or you can't kill me or something like that. Um, but it's just really odd. Like if she had brought it there, that would have made sense some somewhat, but now we have it to where, she's bringing this ghost that had affected the family before somehow. Like, I don't know. It's really, it's really bizarre. Like, yeah. it's just really odd. Cause it's weird too, because at first I was thinking, okay, maybe Sarah was a plant. Like she, she came on to Ted to come to this house to finally get to Kathy, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe she was in it on the whole beginning and that's why Kathy was getting like some weird vibes off her. But that doesn't make sense because why was there a scene of Sarah looking at some armor and being shocked by it? Like if she was the demon, why should she be shocked about this armor that she already knew? So right. it just, it is, it is, it is a couple of things are just kind of a little hard to, you know, follow along and get during this blood beat movie. A couple of things. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At least a couple of things are really hard to follow in this movie. Yeah. I mean, I liked it. I mean, I would recommend people watch it. I mean, it's better than some movies. I mean, I feel, I feel yeah. like I, what I honestly took from this is that this is the, you know, this is the best. They did the best they could with what they had to work with. And it's not bad for that. I mean, you know, like I've seen, you know, like people always make fun of movies. Like that's one of the reasons I hate like Mystery Science Theater 3000 is because 90% of the time they're just making fun of the fact that this movie didn't have a budget. Yeah. 
oh, ha, 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 you didn't have enough money to make that monster look good? Ha, 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 yeah. look out, shame on you. But they did the best they could. And I've seen m- mistakes in, you know, like big budget movies, like like the Transformers movies that, that make less sense than this or make the same amount of sense. But those are considered like professional movies and nobody makes fun of those. Yeah, but, it's you all know, about the explosions. Guy, yeah, it's all about the explosions. This guy's legitimately trying. He's trying. He's trying to make a movie. He's trying to make a good movie the best he can. And, um, you know, and, and it's just, it, it, I don't, I don't know. It's not a failed. I mean, it's interesting. Like I was interested in it. Um, mostly because I just wanted to see what would happen next, but yeah, I was interested in it. And, um, you know, it's better than, it's better than the Transformers movies. There you go. Let's put it that way. Michael Bay. <laughs> But yeah, like uh, I thought, I thought there's some there's some good stuff too. Like it's definitely a fun one to watch. You know what I mean? Like it just kind of like it's it takes you on this like this weird journey, and it is kind of neat that they added some like effects to make it. Even though it's like a low budget style movie, they added some effects to make it a little different. You know, like mm-hmm. the, a lot of the negative scenes, a lot of the music was pretty good. Um, they having the random blue samurai chop people down. I thought that was pretty interesting. So. The movie has, uh, it's just very interesting that this would be counted as the Christmas movie too. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's just, it just a, a kind of like a funny premise to the whole movie. But it's definitely worth watching everybody to, you know, check it out and stuff. So, definitely a, a kind yeah. of a fun movie in a way. A lot different than you would see on like some of these other 80s movies we're going to be doing. Just like, just shot very different and just done a little different. So, I, I kind of like oh, the... it's I, different. Yeah, I kind of like the difference of it. So... As a as a uh, independent, locally made horror movie dr- director myself, I did uh, appreciate some of the low budgetness of this film. So, but everybody, that has been Bloodbeat. This has been the Retro Blood. We are deep into our holiday um, spectacular reviews. And next week, come join us next week as we celebrate Christmas with all you guys. We are finally here. At the end of the road with Christmas Evil. Yep. The uh, one that started it all. The one that kind started, of. kind of, yes. Kind of started it all. If you don't count Black Christmas. But if you don't is, count Black Christmas. This is one of the first Christmas horror movies that actually had like a killer Santa Claus. So that was going to be very fun talking about that. We'll be doing that next week here on the Retro Blood. Like I said, everybody join the Facebook group page, Retro Blood. We'll have some extras on this show, plus many other shows as well. And, uh, you know, if you find a girl in college and she wants to come home with you and you mi- and then the mom is getting some weird vibes, don't fret. Not all the time will she be humping ghost or, or humping uh, air and conjuring up some blue demons that kind of look like they're from a Scooby-Doo episode. So just watch out, everybody. Maybe just bring some milk and cookies for the family traditions. Exactly. All right, everybody. So let's just leave you guys with some quiet riot. How about we play some quiet riot over here, brother? And this is this is bang your head. So we're bang your head. Bang your head, brother. Some quiet riot. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week here on the Retro Blade. See ya.
driver 